Hey guys, how are you? Welcome back to the Hey Mom, Why Did No One Tell Me podcast. I'm so excited that you are back here with us today for another episode. So um, for those of you who are new, hello, my name is Rebecca. I am the host of this podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. And if you are a returning listener, thank you so much for coming back. I really appreciate it. So I'm just going to jump right into it. I feel very awake. I have had my coffee and um, I've been really looking forward to talking about this particular topic. And today I wanted to talk about um, just sort of money management and managing money like as an artist. Um, I know that I think maybe a month or so ago, maybe two months ago, I had talked about something in the similar like realm in the same vein about money and making money as an artist and today i wanted to talk about managing money as an artist and this conversation or not this conversation but this episode sort of came about um through a conversation that i had with one of um with a co-worker that i um that i have and this co-worker is also um someone who I know in like the creative space and like the professional space, which I guess makes sense because they're my coworker. Um, But I was talking to them and I was sort of, you know, we were just talking about random stuff, creative stuff, um, art stuff. And it got on the subject of sort of, you know, what was going on, um, finding work right now because um, with the release of the... um, COVID vaccine. Um, a lot of people are being vaccinated. I think New York just announced that they are going to prioritize theater workers um, in the city to vaccinate Broadway workers and like theater workers. So not just actors, but also like stagehands and people like that. And that got me thinking, I was like, oh, that's fantastic. Like work is, um, you know, starting back up for theater. Um, work has sort of been going on for film and TV. Um, but theater especially, it's been, like, not as, you know, up and running. Um, and that's mainly because you can more easily socially distance and control, um, like, a film set. Whereas with theater, it's sort of like you're very in a confined, like, you know, set space. So I'm really excited that, you know, that news came out and that, you know, hopefully, um, as predicted, Broadway will return by the fall, which would be super, um, super exciting. Um, and I was, you know, talking to, I was talking to this, um, this person about, you know, oh, work starting back up, like, that's, like, you know, fantastic. And we sort of were talking about that, and the conversation sort of shifted over into, like, um, like, artists and, like, money and money management. And after we got off the, um got off like not not the call but after we finished our conversation that was something that I was thinking about money management as an artist because I don't think that a lot of people realize or maybe they do realize maybe they don't but I feel like from the outside perspective or people who you know want to be um become artists become actors become you know designers Um, A lot of things that keep people from doing that is the whole, like, monetary aspect, right? It's always, I'm not sure if I'm going to make enough money, 
I'm not sure if I'll be able to have enough money to pay my bills. I'm not sure if I'm going to have enough money for, you know, this, which is, you know, a very valid thing. It's like completely, um, it's completely, you know, something that you absolutely should, you know, take into consideration. Um, but then I think there's also like, so there's the starving artist trope. And if you guys have listened to a couple of my other episodes, you know that I really don't like that trope. Um, but this idea that if you want to be creative, you're going to have to give up all, like, all money, income-making opportunities, and you're never going to have enough money, and you're always going to be struggling, you're always going to be living paycheck to paycheck, and that's not, like, that's just not true. And I feel like, you know, I've been doing this for three years professionally at this point, and the whole living paycheck to paycheck thing, like... I understand where it comes from, and I think that is the reality for some people, sadly. But if people, like, if you want to go into something, like, creative, like, if you want to be a photographer, if you want to be, you know, an actor, yes, it becomes, uh, it becomes the matter of you are in charge of making your own money in that, in that sense. Um, and yes, you're not going to have, like, a steady paycheck from month to month. Like, you know, some days it might be, you know, a lot more than um, other days. And so your months might look different. Well, they probably will look different from month to month. And that's not something that needs to be so scary. And I really think that if you're an artist, you know, the idea that you're never going to, like, make money or the idea that you're only going to have enough to pay your rent and buy food and that's it. Or the idea that you're never going to be able to put money away for retirement or invest in, you know, the stock market and stuff like that. That whole notion and idea, I think, is completely and 100% wrong. And I think it comes from, you know, the idea that, the idea that, you know, we don't see a whole lot of artists who, okay, so it goes back to visibility, right? We see we see artists who are wildly successful, right? We see those celebrities, they make millions and millions of dollars every year. And then I feel like we see that, and I feel we see the opposite end of the spectrum where, you know, there are artists who aren't booking work, who aren't, you know, making a living off of art. And I think that, you know, those are two vastly different ends of a spectrum. But what about all the people in the middle? Like, what about all the people who are making a living from this and who, you know, do have health insurance through their work, like any other job, and who do have, um, you know, like, retirement plans and who do put money away for retirement and who do save? Like, I think that is the biggest thing that it took me a very long time to get around. I was like, well, how am I gonna, you know, put money away? Like, how am I gonna save for whatever the future holds. And at the time, I didn't know, like, you know, what exactly I was saving for. And then over the past few years, I've sort of figured out, you know, saving for retirement's pretty important for me. Um, saving for, you know, going on trips and everything. And I think that, you know, going back to the conversation I had with um, my friend, it was a lot of, you know, artists can't do that because they're not paid well. And, that's definitely getting into territory of a different conversation um, as far as, like, paying artists. Do I think um, we need to pay artists and, like, value the arts more? Absolutely. Um, 
keeping in mind, you know, celebrities do make a lot of money, but for like the average everyday artist, do we need to compensate them well? Yes, absolutely. Um, but I've, I've found that, you know, if you're an artist, that doesn't mean, you know, you have to forego saving money for the future or you can never save up money so you can take a vacation, you know, with your friends. Like, that's not what that means. And I just want to, um, I want to start breaking down that myth and breaking down that idea that if you're an artist, you're going to be like, quote unquote, broke all the time, because I don't think that's accurate. Like, yes, I do know a lot of people who are artists and who unfortunately right now are struggling due to the pandemic and, you know, they've lost their jobs. Um, but I also do know artists who, you know, are making, they're making money still and they're making a decent amount and they're putting away for the future. Um, so I wanted to just sort of talk about managing money and like why it is possible as an artist and how it's possible. Um, so the first thing that I think that, you know, to get around, especially if you're someone listening to the, this podcast and you're like, like, can I be an artist because I'm scared about the whole money aspect of it? Yeah, I get it. Like money is something that I definitely was concerned about. Um, I still, you know, I keep a very, you know, clear budget every month, um, just to make sure that I'm good on that front. Um, but yeah, I get it. Like money is definitely something to consider, like as you are pursuing, you know, your career. And I think that there are a few key, um, a few key takeaways that I personally have, have learned over the, the past few years living, um, you know, life as an artist, auditioning, being an actor, um, and having a fluctuating income every month. Um, so the first thing is that, you know, you, wherever you're living is to live below your means and, what I mean by that is, let's say that you're looking at two apartment complexes and there's one apartment complex where you can like, you can afford it, um, but it's like at the top of your budget, you're really, um, you know, you're really extending yourself as far as like, you know, what else you could be putting money towards um, and you can live by yourself. So there's like, that's, you know, um, space number one. Then space number two, maybe it's like, you know, a third less, but you have roommates. Now, I understand that some people are not as fond of roommates, um, especially, you know, this past year. I know that I've, this past year, I've been very, you know, fortunate that all my roommates are, you know, really, like, nice, um, really cool people. And we've had the space to sort of have our own working space throughout the entire past year. Um, but I do know that is not always the case. And, um, so if it's like, you know, you're looking at space one where, you know, it's like at the top of your budget, um, but it's like, you know, you're living by yourself and it's nicer, but, um, space number two is, you know, a third less because you have two roommates and maybe, you know, you're sharing a bathroom or something. Now, between those two, I understand the appeal of, like, the first space, but if we're talking about, you know, being an artist and, you know, living, you know, within or even below your means, then I personally, you know, of course, depending on, like, you know, where you're living, the situation you're in, kind of, there are lots of factors, which is very, you know, generalized, 
living below your means and taking that second space, like, um, let's say the first space is $900 and the second space is $600, that's $300 extra dollars right there that you have to put towards something else. So let's do some quick math. So if you decide to live in that one space at $900 a month, um, not including you know utilities or anything else like that, just straight up rent. So $900 a month, and that's um, 900 times 12, so you'd be paying $10,800 just in rent every year. Now, if you moved into a space with roommates and your rent is uh, $300 less, so a third less of 900, so that'd be 600 times 12, that'd be $7,200. So we'd subtract 10,800 minus 7,200. So if you were to go with a space with roommates, you'd be saving $3,600 a year, which, you know, that's, that's a lot of money. Like, who knows what you could put that towards? You could put that towards your retirement. You could put that towards vacation. You could put that towards, um, you know, reinvesting that money back into your career. Um, so that's like the first thing is like living below your means. And that's something that I did. Um, I actually considered myself to be very, um, very fortunate because I found a space, um, in an area that was close to where I worked. Um, but now I work from home, so I guess it doesn't really matter. Um, but a space close to there. Um, it's, I was, I had roommates that, you know, I could live with, you know, we're not like, you know, super best of friends, but you know, like we're friendly towards each other. We have conversations, um, and we can all live together. And, um, I actually, um, live with, um, my landlady and my landlady, she's actually, um, just a couple years older than me. She, um, owns the house with her sister. And, um, what I found was, well, first of all, I was a little apprehensive to live with her just because I was like, okay, I don't know how living like with my landlady is going to like pan out. But I gave it some thought and I met her and she was really nice. She's only a couple years older than I am and her sister um, co-owns the house with her. So I was like, okay, like, let's give it a try. Like, she's around my age. Now, do I think I could do that if my landlady was like, you know, 30 years older than me? I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, she um, she is a couple years older than me. So it's almost like having another roommate. But the, the really cool thing that I found is that because she's the landlady, if something goes wrong or something breaks, then, well, first of all, she's right there and I can, like, talk to her about it. But second of all, I didn't have to really furnish anything besides my own room. And the reason why I say this is that when I first moved out, you know, I bought all my personal furniture and then I also, you know, contributed to some of the furniture that was in, like, the common spaces um, in the first place that I moved into. And then I moved out from there um, because it just was like not a good location for me. And then I moved into the place I'm in now. And what I found was that all of the furniture, like the kitchen stuff, the living room, the office space, um, which I sometimes use, all of that is like really nice furniture. And I didn't furnish it at all. Like I didn't have to you know, chip in for it, anything. Um, and also she has appliances that I use occasionally, like an, like an air fryer. So it was just one of those things where I realized, oh, okay, so because I'm, you know, living, I'm living with roommates, 
living with my landlady, but my landlady is also like, it's her own property. So she's going to treat it with like, you know, respect and she's going to, you know, put what she wants to and like put nicer items in the house. Like she's going to put a nicer coffee table, a nicer couch. Um, she's going to put a nicer, you know, um, table in the kitchen. And I really, um, I didn't realize how lucky I was that I had that until I sort of looked around and I was like, yeah, that's like a really, really nice, um, this is like a really nice TV or that's a really nice couch that I get to use and I didn't have to pay for. Now, the caveat with that is, you know, when I move out, I won't be able to take it with me, but I also look at it, look at it as that's one less piece of furniture I have to move. <laughs> so yeah, guys, living below your means and, you know, if it, if it works, like if you happen to meet someone who's renting out a space in their own property and, you know, you like you're comfortable with living like with your landlord or landlady um then yeah like i think it's something to definitely consider because you know you're going to be living with someone who is obviously going to take care of their own space so it's like you don't have to worry about roommates being like destructive or anything so that's the first thing um living below your means and i know rent is like the big one um so yeah that's something that um i always like to tell people um, you know, finding roommates or um, finding a situation like I currently have, and I, I do consider myself very lucky, and I know not all landlords are like that, um, but it's been very fortunate for me, so I think that if you can find it and if it works for you, then yeah, absolutely, it's worth looking into. Um, and the, okay, so that was the first thing, um, and that's also keeping in mind that I live in the Washington, D.C. area, which is still like, you know, a very, like, depending on where you are, it can get very expensive very quickly. Um, but also keeping in mind that compared to like New York or LA prices, it's, you know, it's up there, but I feel like New York and LA are a bit more expensive. So again, like the numbers that I gave earlier with the rent, some of you might be listening and thinking, oh, that's like so like cheap. I could never find that, you know, in my, in my city. Um, yeah, I agree. It is on the lower end. Um, I think that you can find a good place to live, a safe place to live, first of all. Um, at a good price, you might just have to do a bit more looking. Um, but that's all sort of, that's all I'll really say on that. It's, the numbers, of course, are all relative. Um, but just keeping in mind those ratios and applying them to like different cities, like even if, you know, you're living in New York and your rent is like $1,400 a month, um, you know, if you can find a place that's, you know, a thousand versus $1,400, you are still going to be saving money in the end. Um, so that was the first thing. And the second thing was um, I was sort of looking at my own budgets and I'm like, okay, where am I spending more money? And the second thing that I was sort of looking at was, okay, I looked at my budget and I said to myself, where am I spending more money? And what I found is I was spending more money, um, and I'm not like a big spender or anything, but I found that I was spending more money on, you know, like food and eating out, which I feel like is the biggest thing, or not the biggest thing, but it's like one of the big things that, you know, people spend their money on. And what I found is that, you know, if you set a budget for yourself, um, you know, so for me personally, like my grocery budget is a little bit higher than my eating out budget. My grocery budget right now is like $120. 
um, a month and then my eating out budget is like a hundred dollars a month and I found that well first of all the reason why my my grocery budget is um, so low is because I um, I do a lot of meal prepping and like cook food in bulk and I also go to Aldi um, I really like Aldi you can get really good deals there there are good prices and that's you know it's a lot um, a lot more affordable than like maybe um, like Whole Foods or you know um, other other stores um, but I'm very like I'm very strict as far as like my eating out budget is concerned it's like a hundred dollars and what I found what works for me is that if I only like spend food eating out when I'm with people so like if I'm with my boyfriend or if I decide to meet up in a park with a friend and we're all gonna bring lunch well normally when I do that we like we do a picnic so I don't spend money on that anyway um, but I normally only spend money eating out if I'm like with my boyfriend and you know when things are safe to open up again it'll be with friends and everything but I found that um, when I sort of limit myself to that, then I'm, and I'm not, you know, if it's like a weeknight and I don't feel like cooking something, I don't order, I don't order food. Um, I found that really helps as well. And um, again, I'm a big fan of Aldi. And I, I will say that I pretty much eat the same thing, um, like, every day. I'll, I'll, like, eat this salad for lunch. And, like, it's a pretty good salad. And, like, I'm not too picky as far as, like, stuff like that's concerned. So, like, it works for me. Um, that's sort of how I keep, like, my food budget, like, you know, on the lower side. Um, though coming up, I am going to be moving soon. And I don't think there is an Aldi near me, which is very sad. So, I think my food budget's going to go up a little bit. Um, but keeping that in mind, um, when you're buying and, like, going grocery shopping... The biggest thing that I've sort of found is that, you know, sometimes you just want to buy all this like food in bulk and you want to buy all these like vegetables, you want to buy all these strawberries. And what I found was that, you know, it sounds, it sounds very basic, but it's actually like, it's, it's very true. It's like only buying what you need. And what I mean by that is, you know, in the beginning I used to buy like, you know, grapes and apples and strawberries. Then I buy carrots and cucumbers and like all this stuff, but the food would kind of go bad before I could eat it because I could only eat so much like in a week. And then, you know, the fresh produce like would kind of, you know, go bad if I didn't eat it sooner than later. Um, so what I found was that, okay, when I go to the grocery store, I should buy like two, um, two fruits, um, a cucumber and depending on my mood, maybe, you know, um, Maybe I'll also get like some apples, I'll get some carrots. I always buy lettuce because that's what I use for my salads. Um, but I found that, you know, I was less wasteful with my food because I wasn't throwing it away. I was eating it all before it went bad. So that's like, um, as far as managing money on that front is very helpful as well. Um, and the last thing that I really have focused on as far as managing my money as an artist, and I want to be completely clear that yes, I do make money as an artist. I also make money um, doing freelance work as well. So it's not like all of my money is coming in just like through acting, but I am making money using my creative skills um, to supplement my income. And so um, with that, it has been helpful in just, you know, my money management as far as that's concerned. 
Um, but some a phrase that I heard that I really like is pay yourself first. And what this means as far as paying yourself first is, you know, when you get your paycheck, instead of doing like, you know, it's direct deposited into your account, instead of, you know, just like taking that money, like spending it all, it's like, you know, you pay your bills first and then you pay your, um, and then you pay your self first. And what this means is, let's say that you're making, I don't know, uh, $2,500 a month. So $2,500 a month, and we're just going to be using some numbers I'm like throwing out off the top of my head. So it's like $2,500 a month. And then, um, so that's like how much you make after taxes um, every month. So let's say that your um, your income is $2,500 after taxes, and your rent is $800 a month. So subtract $800 from $2,500, and that is $1,700 left. And now this is where um, it's sort of can differ on how you want to pay yourself. Now, I know a lot of people who have a set number they want to, um, put into their savings account. I have a, I know people who like to do the 50, 20, 30 rule, and I know people who like to do it their own way. So whichever way works best for you, um, that's like, that's what, um, you should do. So let's, um, let's just use, um, our current numbers here. So $2,500 a month minus 800 in rent. And then let's say you want to say you want to put $500 into your savings, um, savings for retirement, savings for your account, um, whatever it is. And then that means you have $1,200 left over to spend on like necessities. So that's one way to do it. Another way to do it is the 50-20-30 rule. And this was a rule that um, I feel like it was popularized a while ago and it's the one that sort of like is circulating the internet a lot. Um, I personally think that it's it's good to use as perhaps a guideline, but maybe not like a hard and fast rule. But I do know a lot of my artist friends who, who use it, so I just wanted to mention it here. So it's like 50, 30, and 20%. So add all those numbers and you get 100%. That's how you're going to divide out your income. So your after-tax income, um, it's like 50% of it goes towards necessities like housing, so like rent, food, utilities, transportation. 30% goes to, um, 30% goes to uh, like you know, um, discretionary spending, and then 20% goes to savings. That was actually um, a method that I used for a little bit, and I found that like I liked it. But, um, you know, as I mentioned before, I'm not like a big spender on things. Um, but I, um, I just didn't find myself hitting like that 30% of, um, you know, of like, you know, dollar, like the dollar amount. So, I mean, that's not like a big deal. But what I found was that, you know, if I'm much more of a person who might put 30% of my income after taxes into savings and only spend 20% of my discretionary funds. So again, like managing money as an artist and personal finance, like it's personal, right? Especially for us artists who have a fluctuating income, it is so, so personal that, you know, you can't really compare it to other people. And I always say, you know, find something that you like, whether it's like the 50, 20, 30 rule, zero based budgeting, um, you know, whatever works for you. If it works for you to like write everything down or put everything on a spreadsheet, like Whatever works for you, that is how you should do it. And um, 
you know, other people might have their opinions, which is fine, but do whatever works for you guys. Like, um, I always like to look at, you know, the different budgeting methods out there and like, I'll try them for like a month or so, see if I like them maybe for a couple months and tweak as I need it, as I need to go. And what I found was that, you know, what I use as my budget now is very different from any of the budgeting like methods out there. So I think it's important to just reiterate that personal finance and managing money as an artist, like all the stuff you see out there, they're great guidelines, but a lot of times it's based in, you know, what someone who might make, you know, um, an income, like the same amount of money every month might use. It might be a little bit more beneficial for them. But again, for us as artists, like it, it's so much, it's like, it's so different. And I would love to actually... Um, talk more about this. I'm thinking about maybe starting a YouTube channel and like talking about money management as an artist and I don't know, maybe something like that for the channel. But um, yeah, I just, I really enjoy talking about money management and you know, me being an actor and artist myself, it's really important that, you know, as I am working and as I am making this money that I understand how to manage it and put money away like for the future. Now, do I think I'm ever going to retire from acting? Absolutely not. I don't think I could ever retire from acting. Um, and But it is important for me that, you know, I am saving up for, you know, potential moving expenses or, um, you know, potentially going on a vacation or, you know, saving up for car insurance. Because for me, my car insurance, I pay it every six months. And that's like, you know, like $350 that if I save up for it, it's not like as a big of a surprise to my budget than if I just like forgot about it and didn't plan for it. Um, so yeah, guys, I want to just make it so like so, so clear that man, um, money management is first of all, completely possible. I personally think it's fun. I could talk about it for hours. I have a spreadsheet. Um, I love looking at my spreadsheet. Um, I'm kind of weird in that way, but it's fine. Um, but it's so possible for artists and, you know, it takes some time and it takes some practice, but I promise if you're an artist, you know, if you're a freelance um, performer, freelance, you know, creative person, like money management is something you can 100% do. And, you know, we can't let all these other, like, sources and all this noise tell us that oh if you're an artist you can never make any money blah 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 because that's not true like yes you can you can make money just like any other profession and you can manage that money so that you have money set aside to do the things you want to do so you have money set aside to maybe you want to buy a car or maybe you want to buy property like it is not so far-fetched that if you're an artist it means you can't do all that stuff because it means you know like everyone has the ability to manage their money and, you know, sometimes it, um, it just might take some more trial than trial and error than others. And that's fine. Like, it's not like you have to be perfect with your budget, like the first time out, like you probably won't even have a solid understanding of, of your budget until like a few months in just because, you know, um, it's like with anything, you have to see like trends over time. Um, so yeah, guys, I wanted to really just talk about like the ways that I manage my money and the ways that, you know, it's possible and just like showing and telling you guys that is, it is 100% possible 
to manage your money as an artist. And this is like the first steps on how to do it, right? Like it's making a budget. It's understanding where your money is going. It's understanding that, you know, you need to pay yourself first before, um, you know, you do anything else. And like, that's how you manage money. And you can 100% manage money as an artist. Like I promise, promise you can. It just takes, you know, some practice and maybe some guidance from people who might be a little bit more informed. But guys, the whole starving artist thing that artists won't ever make money, no. Like I'm an artist. I know other artists who manage their money, who have money saved, who put money in the stock market, who are investing in their, you know, 401ks or, you know, whatever they have. Um, They're investing and, you know, they're making financially informed decisions so that they're set up for later on in life. And guys, that's what I really just want this podcast to be about. I want it to be helping those artists and sort of like giving them a blueprint of, you know, the things that, you know, were never told to us in the beginning. And I mean, I think it's safe to say that even like artists or not, like money management is not something that's taught in schools and it should be. I think that now, at least in the state of Virginia, um, which is where I went to school and grew up, um, you like they have to take a personal finance class in order to graduate. Um, I don't know what that personal finance class is like, but I highly, I highly doubt it's giving them those skills to really, really understand how to manage their money once they like you know first get into like their their first job or even their first you know full time or part time job or even money they're making on the side maybe babysitting, right? Like money management often is up to parents to teach their kids. And I feel very fortunate that my parents were financially like literate and knew what they were talking about and like can help me. Um, But I recognize there are so many people out there who don't have that advantage. And I really want this to help you guys. And I wanted to show you, you know, that as an artist, as anyone really, that you can absolutely do these things. You can manage your money. You can, you know, build wealth you can save for the things that you want to do. It's so possible. And um, I want to be that example for you guys to say, yes, I'm an artist. Yes, my income fluctuates from month to month. And yes, I save money and I'm invested in, you know, stocks or property or whatever you want to say. Um, so guys, um, I'm thinking that maybe this could be like a like a series on the podcast or maybe um, maybe even like I mentioned earlier, maybe I'll do a YouTube video on it. I've been playing with the idea of starting a YouTube channel. Don't really know where that's going to go yet. Um, but yeah, I just, um, in the theme of today's um, episode and with like the theme of the podcast, like, hey mom, why did no one tell me an artist can manage their money? Why? Like, and maybe, you know, maybe you were, you are someone who is an artist and who was taught how to manage money, um, which in that case, like props to you. I hope that, you know, um, everything is going well for you. Um, but yeah, I really just wanted to break that down and really like bust through that barrier that artists can't make money and they can't manage their money because they don't have it. That's like complete myth, complete utter myth. And I really hope that I've helped, you know, break through that wall today, even just a little bit. 
So guys, thank you so, so much for listening to today's episode. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, yeah, and maybe we'll start up like a series on the podcast um, as far as like money management as an artist is concerned, because that's something I really do enjoy talking about, um, personal finance, all that fun stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, and I know some people like that's like not their thing. Um, but I think it is important that we as people and we as artists are financially aware of what's going on with our money and how to grow it and how to set ourselves up for the best financial future possible. So guys, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Um, I'm so happy you joined me. Um, what I would absolutely love from you guys is if you could subscribe to the podcast, comment on this episode. Uh, rate it. That would mean so much to me. Um, if you could also take a screenshot once you've done that and then tag me over on Instagram. Um, my Instagram handle is at artistically bold life. Um, post on Instagram, tag me in it, and um, I would love to see it. And guys, if you have, um, if you ever want to talk to me, um, you can totally DM me over there. I love talking to you guys on Instagram. And um, yeah, also send me a DM if you would want a, um, like a weekly, well, I, I release the podcast like two times a week, so maybe not weekly, but maybe like um, monthly, maybe twice a month. Um, if you have any ideas and you want to hear more about like money management as far as like being an artist is concerned, let me know over there on Instagram. And um, before we leave today, I did want to thank our podcast sponsor. Um, the podcast is sponsored today by my free Facebook group, um, Empowering Artists in Business. Um, the link to this free Facebook group is in the show notes, and this group is for any artist. Um, so singer, actor, painter, photographer, entrepreneur. Um, if you're doing something creative and you're looking to get into business, this group is totally for you. Um, we're already in there. We are supporting each other, answering each other's business questions, helping each other through creating a business around our creative skills. I would love to have you there. Everyone I know in the Facebook group would love to have you there as well. And you're really there just to support each other. So please join. I would love to support you too in your artistic endeavors. Thank you guys so, so much for listening to today's episode again, and I will see you in the next episode.